You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hi, my name is Blake and I have just a quick note before we get started. Actually, it's more like a recommendation because this podcast is an immersive audio experience, part fact, part fantasy. It's best that you listen with headphones on, imagination on, and everything else turned off. Welcome to Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Season 2, Episode 9. Sex, Drugs, Depression. I flip a hard U-turn on Lankford Highway and speed back, south, about a quarter mile where I peel into the back lot of Central Middle High School. The good news is that I saw it and immediately let Jesus take the wheel. The bad news is I'm now going to be late for my Airbnb reservation in Philadelphia. Oh well. I'm glad for the break on my drive back to my home in the Hudson Valley, after a week-long escape to North Carolina. This is my first solo trip since the summer of 2020, when I braved the virus and drove across the country to help my mom, sister, and nephew move to Oregon in the thick of pandemic summer number one. On that trip, I was so afraid of the virus that I bought six pillows and six sets of sheets to make my own bed at each overnight pit stop along the way, only to discard each set of sheets and pillow the following morning. Abandon them. Leave them behind like I never even used them at all. On that trip, I stayed the night in Louisville, Three months after Breonna Taylor was murdered by police, and on that trip I saw America for the first time, and realized that it's not really 50 states. It's more like 50 countries, and in each of those countries there's like a hundred different states. My foot hits the ground in front of the school, and I stand to face the vacant structure, an Art Deco wonderland built in 1932 with a 1935 edition funded by the Public Works Administration. Being a part of FDR's historic Depression-era legislation landed the building on the National Register of Historic Places in 2010, five years after its abandonment. We cannot always build the future for our youth but we can build our youth for the future. By looking at it, however, no one would know Central Middle High School is on the National Register of Historic Places. It looks unsalvageable. I notice a large field behind me, and even further in the distance, a farmhouse. I am near the eastern shore of Virginia, 
a 70-mile chunk of the Delmarva Peninsula that disconnects these shores from the rest of the state via the Chesapeake Bay. Politically, a quick Google search shows the numbers in this region of Virginia being a fascinating teeter-totter between a Republican and Democratic majority. An even closer look shows an increase in votes for Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden in 2020 at 11,245 votes against DJT's 12,127 votes versus the number of votes Hillary Clinton received in 2016, 9,995, to DJT's 11,269. Mathematically, that's an increase of 858 votes for DJT from 2016 to 2020 versus a DNC increase of 1,250 votes between Hillary Clinton's loss and Joe Biden's win. The smaller your education, the smaller the job you'll get. To get a good job, get a good education. If you're in school, stay there. If you've left school, there's valuable training outside the classroom. To get a good job, get a good education. It's a welcomed warm day, and I pull out my backpack to accompany me into the space, which I realize is going to be easy to enter because the back door is wide open. I peer up at the second floor and spot a giant hole in the wall, and I can see right into the classroom. There's a teacher, a phantom of a teacher, preparing for another day. Like clockwork, I smirk, my imagination is already up and at him. I watch the teacher for a moment, tending to her garden of knowledge, getting ready to sow the seeds of education today. She kind of looks like Elizabeth Warren, or at least what I know of the senator up close. I campaigned for her in New Hampshire, door knocking in the middle of nowhere. I was told to avoid certain houses, focus on the safe zones. How do they have all this data about these people? I asked. I never got a clear answer. Today, the majority of our children in public school live in poverty. The majority. The bell rings. Think about the ghost of almost Elizabeth Warren vanishes. I look around, and the schoolyard is suddenly flooded with the ghosts of former students. I somehow know that there are two classes of students, working and elite. The working class wear less expensive clothes, have thicker southern accents, and generally stick together, whereas the elite sport preppier clothes, talk mostly without accents, and also generally stick together. But if the changes in this law don't move us closer to providing a world-class education for every single one of our children, then we'll be right back here to fix it. We owe it to our students. We owe it to our teachers. We owe it to our history. We it all it makes sense to me later that night when I find the demographics of Northampton and the Accomack counties online. From what I interpret, the working folks live in Accomack, and elite folks reside in Northampton. It's a typical American narrative, a symbol of our economic reality. I enter the main building to a lengthy corridor boasting rooms on either side, stretching down hundreds of feet. 
kids file into classrooms, and I'm left alone to walk down the Crunchum Hall-esque hallway, admiring the architecture inside as much as I do outside. I am reminded of my own high school experience, a daily odyssey into a vat of boiling, horny teenagers where I looked far and wide for anywhere to feel safe. I notice there's an empty classroom up ahead and poke my head inside. As is often the case during my expeditions to these haunts, I stand at the entryway to the classroom, balance beaming on the brink of reality and fantasy, past and present. The chamber was once a science room, and as I wander inside, the world of 2004, the year before Central Middle High School shut down, disappears. I find myself in the present, April 2021, inside a decaying room with chipping paint falling off the walls and empty glass cabinets and windows partially smashed from years of vandals. I ponder the right's slow marketing campaign against the pursuit of knowledge, a strategic effort to tarnish education and ensure that their followers feel empowered in the name of their fundamentalist nationalistic religion to storm PTA meetings and ban teachers from teaching accurate American history, to flood town halls in an attempt to ban all kinds of literature from public libraries, to hold rallies in an outcry to dismantle the public access of knowledge, a Scopes Monkey Trial 2.0. It's so breathtakingly obvious that they know how dangerous information can be to their cause. I open one of the glass cabinets and run my finger along the bottom shelf, collecting dust. I leave the classroom and begin to explore while the school day rages on. I wander into an auditorium, where I discover a gorgeous stage, red carpet down the center of a sweeping room. Backstage, there's a vending machine that almost looks like it's still in use until I realize it's been jammed open and I hear the whispers of students in the middle of a production of Godspell. It was the only musical the drama department could get approved by the school board or could afford to produce with a dwindling arts budget, a student whispers. When ghostly applause erupts from the audience, I step on stage and join the cast in the finale, a reprise of Prepare Ye the Way of the Lord. Students and staff and administration and conservative parents leap to their feet. I bow and exit the theater to the hallway where I head up to the second floor. Every step I take, the fantasy disappears around me until I find myself in the classroom with the giant hole in the wall overlooking the pasture out back. It's mid-afternoon, and at first I attribute the silence to the end of the school day But reality sets in as soon as I see that gaping hole in the wall. I wonder what happened when they shut the school down. Where did students relocate for classes? 
Have I entered an education desert which, much like a food desert, bars basic access to public necessity? What about all the kids who can't afford to travel to another county? Where are they supposed to go? Were buses provided? Hours later, when I land in Philadelphia, I look at the district's rating on publicschoolreview.com. Three out of ten. I look at all of the data for Central Middle High School just before it closed in 2005. It served 291 students. And of that student body, 68% were minorities, 14% higher than the Virginia state average. 63% of the student population was eligible for free lunch. These numbers add to my bafflement and confusion. Why did they close the school? I can't find any information about that. As I step into the second floor classroom, my hand presses against the chalkboard, and I can feel the sorrow in the painter community at the closure of a bona fide community hub. It just sits here, wasting away. I'm confused about its appearance on the National Historic Register. How is it legal that this Art Deco Messiah fell into such a state of disrepair? In a flash, my thoughts vanish as I reach the hole in the wall where the floor underneath me suddenly gives way and I plummet fast and barely catch myself on support boards holding up what's left of the hole I just created in the floor. I dangle there, startled, my hands propping me up, my feet hanging over what I later discover is a bathroom below. My breath is... Caught in my chest from the panic in my body as though I had the wind knocked out of me, and after a moment suspended between two floors by nothing but limited arm strength, I hoist myself out of the death hole covered in soot and mud and quickly leave the second floor. This is the day when I create a new rule for my All-American Ruins adventures. No more second stories unless at least one other person is there. It's the first time anything like this has happened, and, shaken, I quickly exit the building before getting to see the rest of it. As I round to the back lot, I notice my shoes and shirt are completely ruined, soaked in a murky black substance that I choose not to think about. Just as I'm about to remove my shoes and shirt, I turn up at the hole in the side of the building and realize that I missed a somber message painted underneath it. Sex, drugs, depression. It's a warm spring day and the sun feels good on my skin. I approach the graffiti message with caution. The words echo in my mind, a looming warning from the past about the consequences of the shutdown. Central Middle High School. It's the first time visiting these spaces, a practice I've been at for about a year now, where a palpable sorrow sets in and accompanies me as I pack up and head north. I see a small metal folding chair leaning up against the side of the school and unfold it. 
The second I do, all 291 students and all 14 teachers reappear one last time, hustling and bustling at the end of the school day. I watch them go about their business and know that not a single one of them is aware that next year the school will close for good. At least, that's what I tell myself in my imagination. I leave my ruined shoes and shirt on the steps of the building. It's my offering to a phenomenal, complicated history, a candle for the continued hope that education will win out in the end. A good education is a foundation for a better future. Words from Senator Elizabeth Warren ring out in my ears as I drive away from Central Middle High School, disappearing out of sight in my rearview mirror. If you're just tuning in for the first time, then welcome to the second season of Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Join me every other week as I take you on an immersive sonic journey, recounting my expeditions of abandoned spaces across the United States, which I transform into fantastical audio experiences that allow you, dear listener, to dive into my imagination with me, or maybe inspire you to go out and use your own. Next time, a chance encounter with a vagabond named Steez at an abandoned market and rest stop in the mountains of central Oregon. If you don't want to miss it, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, would you feel comfy subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show? It's very helpful. Or you can just tell your friends about it. Also, if you like to read or enjoy amateur photography, just know that each episode this season is adapted from the original All-American Ruins blog, where you can catch up on more of my adventures. Just visit allamericanruins.com or follow me on Instagram at allamericanruins. Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast is hosted, written, edited, and produced by me, Blake File, with studio space courtesy of Radio Kingston, WKNY, AM 1490, FM 107.9 in Kingston, New York. Special thanks to Ida Hakala, Jimmy Buff, and Manuel Bloss for the resources and encouragement. Carrie Donahue and the faculty and staff of SUNY Stony Brook's Audio Podcast Fellowship, and to you, the listener, for taking time to explore these abandoned spaces with me. <laughs>